inspired by a galaxy far, far away, you're listening to Force Fan Podcast. Who doesn't love a Star Wars book club? We don't know people like that, Kedre. We don't talk to people like that. <laughs> well, we're really deep in our Clone Wars feels right now and thought it might be a perfect opportunity to go back and read and do a book club on what I think is the one canon, quote unquote, Clone Wars book we have currently. Yes. Dark Disciple by Christy Golden, which neither of us had read before. No. So according to the receipt that I tucked away into my book (laughs) when I bought it, I bought this on May 18th, 2017. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I barely finished it like three weeks ago. So (laughs) take that for – take that as you will. you at least read it before the three-year mark. So that's not too bad. Hey, man, I see a pretty book that I want. I buy it. Doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to read it right away. <laughs> then it sits on your shelf and looks beautiful it forever. It sit on my shelf and look beautiful for three whole years. <laughs> and then, and then get this, I got the audiobook instead. I didn't actually read the book. I listened to it. <laughs> that's pretty funny. That's tragic. Well, according... It's tragic. It's tragic that it took so long for us to mm-hmm. actually read this. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the copyright page on my book, and it says that this was actually published in 2015. So we're only five years behind the times. Star Wars is weird with the whole time and placement. Yeah, and wibbly uh, wobbly. Yeah, wobbly wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. You you know how it goes. It's okay. <laughs> this book came out three weeks ago for us. that's all you need to know that's all you need i mean i think it is important to note that dark disciple since it came out in 2015 this was after the clone wars initially ended um and there had been a bunch of story reels of unfinished episodes that had been released including the story reels that this book is based on and we've gotten a couple of those uh arcs if you want to call them in various formats um there was a the the darth maul right that got made into the comic the comic book mm-hmm. yes i think that was called son of son Dathomir? of Dathomir? yes pretty good read too yes also a good read and then what became dark disciple so Oh, it is like right before we jump into it, though, I got to say it is tragic that these episodes like I'm glad we got them as a book because it was such a good book. But it is tragic that they never got produced. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen especially some of like the fight scenes come to life. But just in general, just seeing these characters, because I don't know how you felt about this, but I started reading Dark Disciple and it immediately felt like I was watching an episode of the Clone Wars. Absolutely. Did you get that same yeah, feeling? Totally. The language, <laughs> Just, the way, yes. the way everything's Chrissy Golden really nailed that in that respect. Like 
like you're saying, I saw a Clone Wars episode going on in my brain. Yes, exactly. And I love that. That is so cool. It was kind of funny how, and I mean, maybe it was just because my brain was gearing up for Clone Wars anyway, and we both were reading this right as the first Clone Wars episode, season seven Clone Wars episode came out. So I was already kind of in that mode, I guess, anyway. So it was it was super easy to just kind of slip back into that and be like, oh yeah, right. like I can hear James Arnold Taylor voicing <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi and, you know, picture some of these scenes in my mind, how they might play out if I was actually watching this as a Clone Wars episode. But I agree. I think Christy Golan did a really great job of translating the script into a novel format, but it doesn't read like a script. And it's it's really it's really fleshed out, but it still has that Clone Wars episode feel to it. Right. So she wrote this based off of scripts written by Katie Lucas, which I think if I remember correctly, they were supposed to be eight episodes altogether. Mm. That would explain. I guess that, that makes a lot more sense because when I was reading this, I was like, was this only supposed to be four episodes long? I was like, there's a lot more there's a lot going on, going I think on it was here eight. than you could cram into four half hour, 25 minute episodes of the Clone Wars. Okay, <laughs> that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, don't don't quote me on that. I, I think it was eight. If, if I'm right, totally quote me on that. If I'm not right, just correct me later on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. But yes, I believe they were eight episodes that she wrote. Uh, oh, wait. Actually, I have the book right in front of me. I think in the foreword, she actually mentions that. Oh, does it actually say that? But anyway, yeah, she she had a good run on Clone Wars. She wrote many, many episodes. And these were probably, I would argue that these were her best best scripts, which again, just adds more to the tragedy that they never got produced. <laughs> but, you know, the the feeling was still there. The uh, we're, we're talking about seeing Clone Wars in our head. Uh, I, I got the audiobook narrated by Mark Thompson, and his Dooku is on point. So whenever Dooku was was on, I saw it just added one more layer to the episode going on in my head. His assage was kind of weird, but you know, all that aside, my experience with this book has just been it, it has been as great as any good Clone Wars binge session for me. Yeah, I agree. I really enjoyed this. I've had it on my Kindle for a while and never read it. Um, I don't know why laziness, too many other books, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So when I actually started diving into this, it was very, it, it didn't take very long for me to get really interested in what was happening and kind of lose myself in reading it. So I was, I appreciated that. It also makes me kind of sad that we don't have more Clone Wars novels or comics um, (laughs) to read because it was a lot of fun. This is true. But I mean, (laughs) I I think the lack of of material, new material for Clone Wars makes stuff like Dark Disciple or the new final season of Clone Wars that much more special in a way. It's limited. (laughs) So I think we're we're savoring it a lot more than we would have otherwise. That's true. That's true. So diving right into it, I got to ask you, or it's not even a question. It's more of a statement. This book, <laughs> this book is hot. This is a steamy uh, book. Yeah. And 
And <laughs> why is this book so steamy? My goodness. <laughs> well, you've got sexy Jedi and sexy ex Sith, and I don't know, put those together. It's like Playboy Jedi. Jedi. <laughs> Sexy ex- Playboy Jedi. Like, I never thought yeah. in my wildest dreams that I would associate Dathomir of all planets in Star Wars with with <laughs> that. Now, <laughs> now, from moving forward from now on, every time I think Dathomir, I'm going to think, woohoo, Lordy, mm-hmm. it is getting <laughs> hot up in here. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Woo. Woo. <laughs> it's funny that you say that, though, because as an aside, in the EU, the book, The Courtship of Princess Leia, Han Solo kidnaps right. Leia and takes her to Dathomir. So that's just kind of funny. To Dathomir? Yes. Really? To da- yeah. Well, but now I get to read the- this Legends book because I oh want to read God. this story. <laughs> actually, actually do because I would love, that's one of the few EU books I read and I would love to get your take on it. <laughs> so actually, you should read that. Please I will do. add it to the list. <laughs> now, like I have like twenty thousand other Star Wars books to read, but anyway, that's one more. Well, that's one more. Um, I'm not much of a romance type of guy, be it movie, show, or book. In this case, but I gotta say, I'm just I'm biased because it's Star Wars. But this is probably my favorite romance book. You ask me, hey, or do you like romance books? Not really, but I like this one. It's called Dark Disciple, and I will describe <laughs> it to people without telling them it's Star Wars. And then they're going to be like, what the hell, man? Yeah, they, yeah. then I'll <laughs> drop the bomb right at the end when they're all invested. Like, oh, it's a Star Wars book. Oh. But I had you. I had you up until that point. That's how good it is. And that's how uh, well-written it is from from that perspective. I love it when Star Wars plays with different genres. This one's definitely a romance set in the Star Wars universe. and A steamy one at that. But it's I, – I would qualify that uh, Christy Golden does a really great job of making it steamy with not a lot of detail i guess i want to say like obviously it's star wars so this isn't going to be like some explicit roman you know <laughs> sexiness but 50 shades of death of bear <laughs> but she but she does a lot with a few words and it's very effective and i think i remember i would think i texted our our chat thread and i was like woo Pinterest and, you know, Voss is really hot or something like that. Something <laughs> dumb. Uh, because it is, though. It is. Uh, very. <laughs> but I like how it it grows over the course of the story. And we're not really sure how, like, how long the timeline is here. Although, presumably, it oh, well, stupid Star Wars time. It's probably three days in Star Wars time, but it, it <laughs> should be. It depends on a if lot, they're going like, light be... speed or not. There's yeah. a lot of things to keep in mind. Blah, 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 blimey, wimey. Yeah, right. blah, blah, blah. So over what is presumably months, mm-hmm. you know, Quinlan Voss and Ventress are getting to know each other. They're working together. They're establishing kind of this base level of trust. And you can kind of see how things flower. Plus, it's got one of my favorite tropes, which is, ooh, they have to infiltrate a ball, fancy ball. (laughs) So what do you have? You have fancy gowns. (laughs) I really wish, I really wish we could have gotten, and I need to go and 
watch the story reels, although given that they're unfinished, there's pr- I probably won't actually get to see it, but I would love to see Asage in this fancy dress that she gets to wear to the ball that they, or dinner, whatever it is, that they have to infiltrate because, whew, man. <laughs> no wonder, no wonder Quinlan Voss was falling in love with her. I also love that this book pretty much confirms that Kenobi had a thing for her too. <laughs> Albeit low key, but that whole talk, the whole that I want to call it a scene, just because again I saw an episode in my head, that moment where he's kind of telling Voss about what kind of woman Asajj is. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was yeah. laughing my butt off the whole time. I I love little moments like that. Kenobi is just trying to be professional, trying to be Jedi about it, but he's all, <clears throat> well, uh, she's a. <clears throat> yeah, she's uh, yeah. attractive and <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> and Quinn's like, you guys talk to her, you, like you talk to her while you're fighting. It's banter, it's our thing. It's been, like, oh my yeah. goodness, that is so good. That is so trying funny. Trying to sweep it away, yeah. That that scene cracked me up as well, basically because it confirms what we all knew anyway. Basically, and yes. <laughs> Obi Wan and Ventress low key flirters with each other. Maybe high key flares with each other in some cases. <laughs> oh, there's always a little look here and there in the in the show. If you're looking out for it, it's all part of the adventure, all part of the experience. So, okay, so for those of you that have maybe not read the book, what what are you doing listening to this right now? We're spoiling everything. Yeah. <laughs> and all over the place. This is a non-linear book club. Non-linear book club. It's never linear with us. No. The basic plot of this book is Quinlan Vaz goes undercover uh, to join up with Asajj Ventress on a Jedi mission to assassinate Dooku. Very, very basic plot right there. <laughs> Before that, I think we'd only seen Vaz in one episode in season two. Right? Yes, the hunt for zero. Ugh. Everyone's favorite Clone Wars episode. <laughs> Actually, I laugh, but I do enjoy that episode. Um I so I should say I enjoy that episode because it's such kind of a wacky oddball episode, not because I love Quinlan Voss. In fact, that episode did not really endear me to his character at all because he's very kind of flip and you know, he's kind of got that dude bro, I don't know, attitude <laughs> that I don't always love. Well, actually, my characters. I'm glad you're bringing this up because that's what I was going to ask. We'd seen him once. He just said he didn't like him. What did this novel do for you with Quill and Boss? That's a great question, Adrian. So this this novel actually made me like Quinlan Voss a lot more, um, mainly because it <laughs> just in. So I know there are a bunch of EU comics, and there was a whole Clone Wars EU comic um, back in the day that did a lot of exploring of various Jedi that were not Anakin and Obi-Wan Kenobi, but I've never read any of those, mm-hmm. so I don't know any of that. So I know that his character was explored in those comics, but yeah, we literally get him in one episode of The Clone Wars, and so that's pretty much all I've ever been exposed to with Quinlan Voss. I know a lot of people love him, but, you know, he was just kind of like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, he looks kind of cool, but I don't really care. (laughs) But I I think this book definitely gave 
me a greater appreciation for his character overall. And I liked the way that he was written in this book and how you kind of get to peel back these layers. You know, he's got this facade where he comes off as very kind of like glib and flip and not very deep. You know, he seems fairly shallow. And then you kind of peel back those layers and realize that there's a lot going on underneath. And so I definitely appreciate that this book gave me more of an appreciation for Quinlan Voss, which I did not previously have. Right. So everything you're saying, I'm just going to echo like what she said, because that's like exactly how uh, I felt about Quinlan Voss before. Um, cool hippie Jedi with a face tattoo. All right. Uh, even well, if I'm honest, even after reading this 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 fantastic fantastic book and getting this awesome story, I'm still kind of indifferent to the character himself. But I love what uh I got out of his arc in the story. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I mean, I would not certainly call him like he's not suddenly my favorite Jedi, right? Or anything, but but I think what he goes through here and what we see of him is is really great. I mean, I definitely certainly like him more than just from the one Clone Wars episode we had seen him in before. Mm-hmm. So, so and talking about his character and his arc, right? What this book has done that no other book has done for me or even the movies or shows for that matter. What this book did, like this book has the honor of doing this. Granted, I'm missing some other books that probably do it just as well or better. This is the first time I've experienced a Star Wars story where the appeal of the dark side, the sadistic nature of the dark side, finally made sense to me. Mm, That's interesting. Like to, like I get it. Like I understand now what this feels like what a person going through this feels like so I, i've heard like the revenge of the sith novelization does this pretty well too with anakin's fall yes yeah i have not read that but i want to read it i want to i want to experience that story again that way i've heard nothing but praise for that book but in dark disciple quinlan's fall was very like it was eye-opening like wow i could see why someone would totally just not so randomly like it's it always fe- seems random to me in the other stuff but now, it's not so random. I know what's going on internally now. Mm. It is a grasp. It is a, uh, God, it is a seduction. Like, I can't really express, I guess, what a, what this book made me feel in that regard, but I understand it now. That's that's really cool. Um, I mean, I have read the Revenge of the Sith novelization, which is definitely the gold standard, in my opinion, for <laughs> for Star Wars movie novelizations. And it does explore a lot more of Anakin's kind of emotional state. Um, this doesn't quite match that for me, but I do get what you're saying. Um, and there's, there's a lot of what makes kind of the dark side so attractive and, and how kind of easy it is to fall into that once you're there. Right, letting it consume you versus you using it, which is like the big trap mm-hmm. that a lot of these characters end up falling into. Mm-hmm. And the way Ventress herself described it as, I barely made it out myself. Like, she's still yeah. she's like she's still a Dark Side character, but she's not, like, dripping in the Dark Side anymore. She's a recovering she's Dark a Side recovering character. She's a recovering Dark Side user. But she's not <laughs> Light Side either. The process is ongoing. 
So the, the the training session she had with with uh, Voss on Dathomir before things got steamy that th- those moments were very eye opening and yes initially I was kind of like well why why does he have to train in the dark side to face Dooku like I mean the Jedi and the Sith yeah they each have their thing but like swordsman wise like they're always kind of on par mm-hmm. just at a first glance just on like at face value right they fight each other they don't kill each other okay bye next episode re- rinse repeat right this book Christy Golden Katie Lucas they really really hammered in that idea that the dark side does give you power beyond just these bursts of strong emotion like what we usually see in the movies like Luke and Return of the Jedi suddenly mm-hmm. going up against Vader at the end there. It it goes it does go beyond these random bursts and that totally just kind of changes the way I see a lot of the franchise now in those moments. It's interesting to kind of look at that when you look at the whole about about the dark side um and how do I want to say this? Um, cause it almost seems like from the start of the book itself, like you, you can really feel the dark side kind of seeping in everywhere. I mean, the fact that the Jedi Council are commissioning right. a Jedi to go assassinate Dooku and agree to this, like, that this is the course of action, even though there is some disagreement about, you know, it's not very Jedi, in the end, they still agree to it. And so, you know, that that darkness kind of, dark to say, you know, it kind of, <laughs> it kind of permeates everything in this book. Like, everything is kind of tinged by that from the get-go. Um I mean, just just the opening alone, where a ship full of refugees is destroyed, Ooh, of innocent yeah. refugees is destroyed. Like from the get go, this whole book is kind of seeped in that, um, and the struggle to get out of that. Um, so, not totally, and it just really does emphasize how lost some of these uh, Jedi Council members are. Because of that, they're so mm-hmm. blinded by their self-righteousness and whatnot. Like Obi-Wan Kenobi is still like my favorite Jedi just because of how appalled he was at even considering all this. Whereas you got Jedi like Mace Windu or Kiari Mundi, who is literally the worst. I, I gotta say, <laughs> Kiari Mundi is literally the worst. But uh yes. Literally the worst. <laughs> literally. But you got Jedi like that that justify all their baggage, all their their lost ways, basically. Just, oh, we can do this because we're at war, or we can do this because it's the right thing to do. It's like, no, it's not. You're losing yourself, and you're too self-righteous and arrogant to see it. And you got Jedi like Kenobi out here that are telling you, no, we don't do stuff like this. When does it stop if we start? And they just pretty much tell them to shut up. And look what happens. Yeah, I mean, I think it's also an interesting uh point to bring up that you know the jedi council decides this but then it's not one of them that decides to take on this mission exactly they pick someone else who then you know they're kind of like okay you know we want you to do this thing and get in with ventress and like at some point you kind of want to go around and like slap them upside the head and be like what did you think was gonna happen you know (laughs) voss ends up coming back and has been tortured and technically is still in the dark side 
well, they don't know that. And, you know, ends up sabotaging from the inside because he's still consumed by the dark side and they refuse to believe Ventress. Everybody does. Which, ugh. yeah. Listen to women, guys. They know. <laughs> they know. If a woman says it's no good, believe her. So <laughs> they, you know, and then they're like, oh, well, now we have to kill him. Just like you kind of want to scream at them because they're the ones that put Voss in this situation in the first place. Right. And I mean, yes, you know, obviously there is still some personal responsibility there. Like he chose to take that step. He was willing to do it. But at the same time, he might not have been put in that situation if the Jedi Council hadn't asked him in the first place. No, not at all. um, my, My heart broke when... Kenobi finally admitted to himself, Ugh. basically, like, "No, yeah. you made your choice. I've been, I've been giving you the benefit of the doubt this whole time." Like, yeah. I could, I, my heart was breaking along with Obi Wan's. Such a tragic turn of events. Like, oh, and part of it That's... was, yeah, I didn't want to do this, but I still went along with it anyway. And you can mm-hmm. feel Obi Wan just carrying this with him the whole time. It's freaking Stor- tragic. Story of Obi-Wan's life, man. Infinite sadness. Yeah, it's just one in many links in the chain. Poor (laughs) Obi-Wan. His pain is our gain, though. (laughs) Got some really good stories out of it. Sorry, Obi-Wan. That's that's true. There's a reason he's a lot of people's favorite. (laughs) (laughs) But but you're right, though. His his heartbreak, given given how it's established, how close that he and Quinlan are, and his heartbreak over realizing, you know, Ventress was right, and they've lost um, lost Quinlan to the dark side. And, you know, probably some blame as well, you know, because he ultimately went along with it. So it's good stuff. But it is heartbreaking. I did. I did like that when when Ventress and Voss, after the first confrontation with Dooku and Voss is captured and uh, Ventress escapes and, you know, Obi-Wan's getting, you know, nobody's heard anything. Obi-Wan's getting really anxious. And finally, Ventress finds him. And it Oof. was, it, it was, I love that they got another face-to-face. Um, because I can't, the last time Obi-Wan and Ventress were together was when they were escaping Maul, Maul. and Savage. Yes. So. I Love that that face to face was basically just Obi Wan giving her a drink. <laughs> he, he looks at her, knows immediately what happened, and just slides a drink over to her. That's, that's priceless to me. Another yeah. just one of those quiet moments that make stuff like this so so good. Well, and also you can just totally picture it in yeah. your mind. Yeah, you know, just the <laughs> so easy. Yeah, that I loved that. So uh, you brought up Dooku right now the, when they're confronted and all that. Mm-hmm. I got to say, man, this this book, like each new book that I read that features Dooku in some capacity just levels the guy up in my in my head. <laughs> so Dooku Jedi Lost really fleshed him out as a character, obviously, and I really appreciated uh, the extra depth that 
that book gave us. This one, though, A Dark Disciple, just really sells it home to you just how powerful and menacing this guy is. Yes. Because yeah. we're so used to just like in the in the Clone Wars cartoon, every now and again we'll see him in action. But for the most part, we're used to seeing him as a hologram telling other characters to do something else and just, you know, don't build me again, general. You know, something yeah. basic <laughs> like that, something generic. But he got a lot of action in this one. And I'm not just talking he about did. fighting. Like he, we got to see him torture Voss. That said a lot more than any cool fight scene in the series ever did. It did. It's like yeah. part of him actually believes this position he's in. Like he literally does believe that, yes, I am part of the plan. I am doing what's right for the galaxy, even though I'm being selfish about it. Like, you know what I mean? You know what I'm getting at? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it was. <laughs> Did, yeah, it's like the more every time he's on the page, you know, we <laughs> I know the two of us. We also just watched the Umbara arc together. <laughs> and it's like the more the more the Dooku is on the page in this book, the more you're like, I wish I could just like go in there and like claw his eyes out because he's like so horrible and evil. <laughs> you're just like, Ugh. but at the same time, I think I think this book does a, a good job. Like he's evil, but he's really good at manipulating that. Right. So which we saw a little bit of in Attack of the Clones. Um, mm-hmm. you know, when he's talking to Obi-Wan Kenobi, but we get to see that kind of even on more. And, and I mean, I would argue probably in Dooku Jedi Lost as well. Um, but we can see just how, you know, it gives, it's just another glimpse into how persuasive and manipulative the dark side and its users can be. Yeah. Dooku, Dooku locks in on your greatest fear or emotional uh, weakness, hones in on that, and then uses it against you. So look, you brought mm-hmm. up Attack of the Clones. I wish Qui-Gon was still alive. I could really use his help right about now. Wink, <laughs> wink, nudge, nudge. Same thing here with uh, Quinlan Vos's master. I was like, oh, here's his lightsaber. Use your special force vision. <laughs> and, you know, I, I didn't do anything. I'm just, I'm trying to give you I'm some, just, I'm trying I'm to give you some stake here, here, you know? yeah. I'm just trying to get you to know the truth, um, which I mean, of course, you knew that was coming somewhere along yeah. the line yeah. after Ventress and Voss team up, and she, you know, he brings up his master at at some point, and she has like a flashback, and you, so you, of course, like the audience knows what's coming. Like it's a pretty obvious plot twist mm-hmm. that Ventress is the one that killed Quinlan's master. So we know that's coming, but waiting for that shoe to drop and the way that it drops is very well done. That's the way that because it drops du- is what does it. Dooku doesn't have to actually say anything because of Voss's psychometric talent. He can just give him the lightsaber. Oh, yeah, that was, it's like so evil, but so beautifully done. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, these You're books, screaming. they just make Dooku so, so cool for me. I don't want to claw his eyes out. I love hating the guy. It's like, ooh, another Dooku chapter. Okay. Let's oh. <laughs> see what he's going to do now because, damn. I mean, yes and no. Yeah, you're mostly like, oh, like, <laughs> what's he going to do now and how many people are going to suffer? And I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> I hate him so much. <laughs> but I love hating him so much. <laughs> but uh, so, so ultimately, what what did he think of this book like? You know, once at the end of it, like, 
I, I, I feel like, again, I'm, we're talking about how much we love it, but I felt that the ending kind of. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, I already made some comments about this in our personal text thread. And I, I have to say that I did love this arc a lot. And, um, this book actually made me cry on the airplane when I read it, when I got to the end. So like I was on the airplane and my kids are like passed out on either side of me and I'm reading this book and, you know, trying not to sob in public on an airplane. Um, so thanks for that, Christy Golden and Star Wars. <laughs> but I I do have to say that, and I can't lie, I'm disappointed, even though I knew it was coming. So, I mean, this book has been out since 2015. It's 2020. Spoilers have long been out there. I knew how this book was going to end. So I was kind of dreading it anyway. But it was still disappointing that Ventress ends up dying. And through her death, Quinlan is able to come back to the light. They fridged her. Let's just say, let's just they say ba- it. Yeah, they, they basically her. fridged her to save Voss. They put her in and the fridge and Quinlan Voss got out of it. And they put her in, yeah, they put her in a lake, but same deeper. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> they put um, the fridge in the lake. They put the fridge in the lake, yeah. <laughs> so I... I, I I mean, I'm not an author, but part of me wishes that they had reversed it because kind of like what happens in The Rise of Skywalker, actually, which we can talk about at another point. But I almost or I do wish that, you know, maybe Dooku had started attacking Ventress and then Quinlan in realizing his depth of feeling for Ventress had been able to overcome the dark side and save her from Dooku, even though that meant sacrificing himself. So, and so that's kind so that's kind of the way that I wish it had played if they were really had to kill somebody off that they had killed Quinlan. (laughs) (laughs) But Star Wars just in general kind of has a problem with how they deal with redeeming people, which is a much larger subject anyway. So we're looking at you, Ben Solo. What? Who said that? Yeah. What? So many, so many things. Um, So I kind (laughs) of wish they had flipped the script a little bit and that if they really were so desperate to kill someone that they had actually killed Quinlan instead of having... Ventress sacrifice her or I mean I guess it wasn't I mean she was trying to save him so it was a you know a sacrifice in saving him it wasn't that she like killed herself to save him Dooku killed her but you know kind of just that general overall feeling of oh you know she's hurt I love her now I can overcome the dark side and oh but she's dead but I'm okay I mean okay being a relative term (laughs) he still technically was not okay PTSD and all that jazz but (laughs) just the general like oh now I'm back to the light side your love has saved me (laughs) (sighs) you know I I think I think the finale of this book is a victim of canon because what, okay. you, what you're describing, I think anybody would have preferred either them dying together or Voss being the one to die. 
But Voss was name drop in Revenge of the Sith. So you got to keep him around. You got to keep him as a Jedi. Otherwise, Obi-Wan Kenobi's little name drop isn't going to make sense. And Ventress isn't in Revenge of the Sith, so... Yeah. I, I think they were limited by the restrictions that one little line put in place. Boo! Because <laughs> you're right. I, I, I had forgotten that Voss was name dropped in Revenge of the Sith. So I spent this whole book thinking, so yeah, like you, I knew that Ventress bit the dust at the end of this book. But I also thought that Voss bit the dust along with her. Mm. So when I saw that Voss survived and was even welcomed back into the Order, despite everything he had done... I was initially confused, and then I remembered Obi-Wan Kenobi name drops him. So despite everything that happened in this book, he was still in the Clone Wars. He was still ordering troops around, which makes me think or feel that Anakin could have gotten a pretty good deal. <laughs> if he, he talked to somebody, talked God to damn some it, people. Anakin. I'm just saying if Vos could have done that, can you know get away with all that and still be a Jedi Master, hey, man. <laughs> You guys got to communicate. That's what these Jedi got to do. They got to communicate about their feelings more often. That's all you got to do. True. But they're a repressed society of asexual monks. No, 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 they're not. No, they're not. F that. (laughs) F that right there. No, no. Pick that up and drop it over there because that is not true. (laughs) Except for maybe Kiati Mundi, but again, he is literally the worst. So, you know, we don't use him as an example. (laughs) He sucks. He sucks. All the best Jedi have some sort of attachment. My yeah, argument, no, I was my hot take. I, w- I was being facetious. I know, but- <laughs> I know, but I'm playing into it because that really pisses me off, especially after this last Clone Wars episode we just saw. But that's a different podcast. Oh yeah, that will be a different podcast because oh my god, oh my god. But <laughs> anyway, back to Dark Disciple. Um, okay, I completely forgot that Quinlan Voss's name dropped in Revenge of the Sith. Now I'm like, now I gotta go like rewatch that because. I honestly don't remember that at all. That's how much I cared about Quinlan Voss before. <laughs> I didn't even remember that he was name dropped in Revenge of the Sith. Master Voss moved his troops over to Boss Pity, I think. Okay. That's when Anakin sure. slid to the briefing. Okay, right. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, that's it. Got it. But with that little line, I mean, you're really restricted on how you end this book. I have... Two things that I would like to. <laughs> wow. You can't see them, but. <laughs> so for those of you at home that can't see, Kat Ray is uh, currently uh, being very vulgar with her hands right now. <laughs> Making a rude hand gesture very, as they would write rude. euphemistically in a Star Wars novel. A uh, little hint here. It's not a thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure he's giving you a thumbs up from the Poe Dameron comic? Anyway, <laughs> see, it, apply, it applies to everything. Yeah, it does apply um, to everything. So, <laughs> I mean, okay, whatever, Voss had to survive. I'm not convinced that you still had to kill Ventress. Oh, no. I mean, no, you, didn't. you know, she could have survived and Voss could have decided that he did want to go back to the order or she could have decided that maybe you need to go back to recover and I'm going to go recover somewhere else and we'll meet up after the war is done. Like they could have done something else if they had still needed to keep Voss alive in canon. So overall, I'm still 
disappointed that they killed Ventress, but I I do have to say that I think the funeral scene um was beautiful. And yeah. that's actually what made me cry was was Quinlan and Obi-Wan, which I thought was appropriate that it was the two of them. Um, of course, they say in the book that Quinlan actually can't go off on his own, like he's basically under house arrest. But <laughs> anyway. Well, that changes that, by Revenge of the Sith, apparently. It does change by, yeah. Or someone else is with him that we don't see. But anyway. <laughs> that was, yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, but but just given that Obi-Wan and Ventress kind of had this flirty intertwined history it was it was nice that that they are the ones that take her back home and i mean in the end it's it's just quinlan but um well the one that respected her and the one that loved her it was yeah like that kind of thing right yes and i totally agree with you on that count it was very fitting and and yeah it made that scene just that much more misty yeah (laughs) misty yeah it's getting misty in here i was definitely like (laughs) wiping my eyes you know trying not to (laughs) try not to act like uh, wiping your eyes reading a star wars book on a plane (laughs) (laughs) don't care i love it i love it i love it i love it and i love it (laughs) so yeah all in all fantastic read i was very very sad when i finished it because this was definitely one of those i don't want this book to end type of books but yeah has to end and (laughs) you know even though (laughs) they're kind of clunky at the end for the many reasons we just laid out uh still fantastic read added a lot to my personal investment in the canon and to star wars in general and you know, I usually don't have time to reread stuff, to reread books, but I, I might, I might revisit this one again soon, just because that's, that's how much I love it. Mm. Yeah, I have to say that uh, since I've read this book, I'm definitely sad that it took me so long to read it. Although the timing was really great, yeah. given that now we have new Clone Wars episodes, so that kind of. Uh, help me put get right back dive right back into that so the timing was good <laughs> everyone else sad. is getting 12 episodes okay we got an extra eight on top yeah. of the 12. okay people <laughs> but but i'm glad now that i finally read it um because it it is a it is a really great story despite my dislike for the ending um overall i really like it it feels very complimentary to all the Clone Wars we've gotten. Um, and it, yes, like you said, you know, it just really helps kind of expand and makes you appreciate that more. Um, and yeah, it's it was good. I really enjoyed reading it. And it went by really quickly. Way too quickly. Way too quickly, I know. Yeah, you get going and then you're like, oh, wait, like how have I read 10 chapters already? Well, at least that was me. <laughs> We get it. You read fast. <laughs> sorry. God. Not sorry. She's not sorry. Whatever, lady. Anyway, uh, yeah, we had a great time with the book. And, you know, we'd really love doing these book club episodes, especially, where I do anyway, just because I, I think they're fun. I think they're unique. It's not, it's, they're not episodes I think we get to do too often, so... And it makes and it makes me feel like I'm doing something like I'm working, even though I'm not working. Like I I, I have to read this book because I'm gonna I have podcast a reason to about read it later. This. I have yeah. a responsibility to my podcast mates, so I'm gonna read this book. <laughs> darn it! 
That's right. Well, and if there's anything that you, our listeners, would like to hear us read and talk about in one of these book club episodes, we are always willing to take suggestions. So throw them at us if you've got them. Easy for the Jedi reader to, to say. Miss, I'll read 10 chapters in five minutes. <laughs> that was only that one day when you got ahead of me oh, and I couldn't let that stand. <laughs> and so I was like, all right, I'm going to read. <laughs> it's, it's like a, it's like a reading wise, literary wise. I think we have a, pal- a very Palpatine and Vader type of relationship. <laughs> I'm constantly trying to overthrow you and you just flick me away with. I am the master. Yes. Zap you with my force this lightning. Is- and I can zip it back at you for some reason because I don't have two lightsabers. I only have one. Yeah. <laughs> I understood that you reference. You understood that reference. See what I did there? Cool. So, yeah, if you want to recommend it's, books Oh, to God, it, Adrian. What? Sorry. What? <laughs> trying to wrap up. But, but that it's hilarious that you make that two lightsabers reference because if only Ventress had had her two lightsabers. Oh, maybe. no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I had to. I mean, I didn't have to, but it did. Does that make you feel worse now? Well, it just made me sad. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, if you want to recommend a book to us, you want to add us about something, you can do so on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Force Fan Podcast or our site, bluelabpro.com slash Force Podcast. Or if you want to add me directly, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at bluelabpro. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at CatRay. And uh, until the next book club, until the next podcast, may the force be with you. And remember, Kiari Mundi is literally the worst. Literally. We have spoken. Bye-bye. From Blue Lab Productions, thanks for listening to Force Fan Podcast with Adrian, CatRay, and John. Edited and produced by Adrian Misa with original music composed by Brooke Monroe and original art by Mitsu Overstreet. Please rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All rights reserved. <laughs> <laughs>